Hello and welcome back to the fourth episode of From the Bay to the A Sports. I am one of your hosts, Alex Chalem, alongside my co-host, Jeevan Tarsney. And today we have a very special guest returning to the show. My cousin and a great friend of ours, Sam Gaffney, is coming on to talk about the official From the Bay to the A Sports mock draft coming up before the NFL draft starts this upcoming Thursday, a week from today. During the draft, we're going to see some big names coming out of college, come into the NFL, and hopefully see them blossom into stars. But for now, all we can do is speculate. So let's get into the mock draft for today's episode. So let's jump in to the mock draft, shall we? First, I want to lay down some ground rules. How this will work is the three of us here, me, Sam, and Jeevan, are going to go through pick by pick and announce pretty much like the NFL draft would really go, who we have on our mock draft. And I was the primary creator of the mock draft. There were opinions along the way. And we're just going to have insight from all our hosts um, debating what we think about each pick, why we think each pick, et cetera. And that's that's just how we're going to cycle through it. Are we ready to get started, guys? Yeah, we're ready to go. Ready. All right. So the order is going to be Jeevan, then me, then Sam, and then it's going to go back to Jeevan. And um, let's hop in. So, yeah. Jeevan? So um, with the first pick in the 2023 From the Bay of the A mock draft, we have the Carolina Panthers selecting Bryce Young, quarterback out of Alabama. Let me start off with this. I absolutely love this pick. I think Bryce Young is a great prospect. I think people have been clowning on him for too long, and he is going to silence haters in the NFL once he gets a chance. I know everyone else might have some other opinions, but I think he's the best quarterback in this class, and I think it's not close. Jeevan, um, before, before we get on to the next pick and Sam gives his opinion, I want to let you know that's probably the right pick, but he is so short. I'm sorry. Five foot ten, not gonna play in the NFL. Kyler Murray is an oddity. He's like the, he's in an uh, uh, outlier piece of data. That five foot ten is not gonna fly with a six foot seven offensive line. Just gotta let you know. Yeah, and I I think that's the really the only question about him. I think he has all the capabilities, like you said, to be a great quarterback. I agree. It's just if you can get that production from someone who's that short. Um, he's vertically challenged. I yeah, think that's the right way to that's put it. A, that's a good way to put it. Um, I mean, my counter for that, people have told me I was vertically challenged for a very long time. <laughs> but looking <laughs> at recent, you know, uh, quarterbacks around the league, you've got Kyler Murray, 5'9", is able to get tons of production, plays outside of the pocket a lot, likes to move the ball with his feet. You've got players in college such as Caleb Williams showing it can be done. I'm pretty sure Caleb Williams is like 5'7", five, 5'8", five, at USC. He uh, is extremely fast. He moves. He's a playmaker. Uh, never mind. Caleb Williams is 6'1", but he looks really <laughs> short. I mean, 6'1", is not that six tall one is not for tall for a quarterback. It's not but short. Basically, I think I have seen a trend of some lighter, uh, skinnier, and a bit shorter quarterbacks coming into the league and being able to find talent. Not everyone has to be a Ben Roethlisberger anymore. They don't have to be 6'5", 250, and eating 40 burgers a day. You've got yeah. Kyler Murray. Danny Burgers. Yeah, you've got even guys like Mahomes and Burrow. They're not, they're not 6'5", 250. They're 6'3", 200, and they can run. 
Um, and I think Bryce Young is going to add to this tra- uh, transition, and I think he is going to be able to maximize his potential at the NFL level. Yeah, just just adding on one more thing. Um, Bryce Young is different from some of the other prospects on this list because he is that dual-threat quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think in the recent years mostly, uh, guys like Tom Brady, um, those older guys, Ben Roethlisberger, like we were talking about, They've kind of fallen off in the new era of running quarterbacks um, and having having the threat through the pass and run game uh, really gets defenses on their heels. And I think that's why Bryce Young can add a lot to this Carolina offense and maybe take him to a playoff run this year. All right. Now is my time to shine. So let's move on to the number two pick in the NFL draft where the Houston Texans are sitting after a walk-off touchdown in their last game of the season while already having a 2-13-1 record. They decided, let's get a win and drop to the number two pick. I love you, Lovey Smith. So now I got the Texans picking quarterback Will Levis out of Kentucky at the second overall pick. And you might be thinking, Alex, that's a crazy pick. Why would they go to Levis? Well, I've been hearing some interesting things out of the Texans uh, front office. I've been hearing, you know, they're bedazzled by quarterback Will Levis. And to be honest, I don't know why. I think Levis's game is one where it might not go great in the NFL. It, or I, I know it. It's the game would fit great in the NFL, but it's very risky. Like you've seen guys very similar to Will Levis, like Carson Wentz, for example, former Eagles quarterback now like on the verge of being cut by the commanders, uh, the poverty franchise. But let's let's get off that. Um, Carson Wentz's game did not fly. I don't think Will Levis's will either. Even though he's got the athleticism, he's got the height, he's got the talent, I just don't think he'll be able to figure it out. And in the past, we've seen that it doesn't always go well for that type of quarterback. So why are you making this stupid pick, Alex? Because I, I am confident in the Texans front office being incompetent. I know the Texans front office has made many, many very bad decisions in the past. They gave away their entire farm for Laramie Tunsil when they were in no position to win right now. They didn't need a left tackle, and they lost the third overall pick for it. They've they've held Brandon Cooks for the past two years under a chokehold over his contract. They're not well run, and it's kind of a excuse my language, crap show over in Houston. So I, I am confident in their incompetence. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to make a different hot take here. Uh, personally, I think the Texans, if they really want to um, improve their defense, the first thing they're, they're going to have to do is get an, a solid edge. Mm-hmm. And the number one ranked on the board is obviously Will Anderson. So – a plan for them, what they could do with their picks, you take Will Anderson at number two, and then since they have that 12 pick too, uh, if any other quarterback falls to 12, you just go with them. I think it could be C.J. Stroud falls or Anthony Richardson. And Whoa. Richardson you could develop Whoa. into that guy, um, and C.J. Stroud is going to give you solid production. So I think that could be a move to take one at two and uh, wait to see if one falls. Yeah, I mean, Sam, I understand the appeal of that. I think Richardson, very raw. 
but he has the tools. If you're able to get him at 12, that is a great, great pick. And the Texans are in no position to win now. They can develop him for five years. They can get him a quarterback coach. Uh, and he can come out looking better at the end of the day. Another option for the Texans with that number two overall pick, keep in mind they have the 12, but I have seen rumors uh, and reports from ESPN that they uh, might try to talk to the Ravens for quarterback Lamar Jackson, Mm -hmm. trade that first, second, trade that second overall pick to the Ravens, get uh, Lamar Jackson, uh, give up a second, give up a third, do something like that. This is a mock draft for me as Pam. It is by no means, should, by no means should this be taken as gospel, but it's just an option if they want a high-level quarterback and they don't want to risk on a guy like Levis that might not pan out. They don't want to risk on a guy like Stroud who might not be ready for the NFL game. They don't want to take someone out of college. They can get a steady, really um, refined quarterback in Lamar, but it will cost them dearly. Alex, what do you think? Oh man, I got a lot to say. All right, so. If I'm Lamar Jackson, I'm retiring. I, I see the Texans franchise as one where it's it's poverty. It's like the commanders. There's no way out. If I'm Lamar, the reason he doesn't want to be in Baltimore is partially because of the money and partially because he wants to win. They have not set him up with the tools to win a championship there in Baltimore. His number one receiver has been Rashad Hecking Bateman. You can't do anything with that. Um, and they, I think if I'm... If I'm Lamar, I want to go to someone who will invest in me, make me their like little princess over as their quarterback, and that's not going to happen in Houston. Um, Sam, yeah, this isn't even a uh, this isn't even about Lamar. I mean, if you're the Texans, why would you do this? You have a guy who's 26 years old, his prime is already over. He's getting injured more and more, and he's not looking like himself that came out of the draft. He was that agile quarterback. He doesn't look like the MVP Lamar Jackson. If you're the Texans, I I do not see you trying to trade for him, especially because they're in a rebuilding stage right now. They're not planning to win now. They're a team that wants to, you know, draft a quarterback in this draft or the next draft and uh, see if it will pan out. Uh, They really do not need to win right now. I, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. I mean, look, it's just an option for them. They can go after Lamar. They made bad decisions in the past. I don't think they're ready uh, to go after a playoff spot, to go after you know, traditional success. But if they feel like they are, Lamar might be the, might be the best option. Other guys are going to take time to develop. Maybe Stroud is the most NFL-ready if you want someone that can help you win now. But if, if you need an NFL-ready quarterback and you need a good one now – Lamar is an option and keep that in mind for other teams um, as we move down the board here that might want a quarterback because Lamar could be an option if they trade yeah I think uh, one other thing is for the Texans right now to me this is a now or never situation for a quarterback if I don't get a quarterback this draft next year is totally thrown away oh my god no I Caleb Williams is next year what what are you talking about they can they can get Williams next year and he's the best quarterback I've ever seen but it's it's going to be hard these are humans I I'd say that as harshly as I can these guys they don't want to go through multiple seasons of trying to lose the right if they don't draft a quarterback this draft it's another tear down year of a rebuild and that would be three years in a row of trying to lose that's no guy on this team is going to want to stay on this team if they're just trying to lose for three years straight. Sam? 
Yeah, um, I think that's a good way to wrap it up. Let's move on to pick number three. All right, all right. My pick. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Cardinals, they just lost uh, J.J. Watt, one of their best edge rushers. Um, and they really need to fill that hole. So you got two options. You can either go with Tyree Wilson, the defensive end, out of Texas Tech, or you could go with Will Anderson Jr., uh, probably the be- one of the best players in the draft, uh, talent-wise, just raw talent, um, out of Alabama. And I think if the Texans do not take uh, Will-, Will Anderson like we have here, uh, I think the Cardinals have to go with Will Anderson. Uh, this guy's just way too talented to pass up on. Um, Ten sacks last year. Um, he was an absolute beast. He couldn't be stopped, and I think he's going to carry that on in the NFL, and he'll have a Aiden Hutchinson-type rookie year. Um, yeah, I think he'll make a huge impact on this Cardinals team. And the thing why I'm choosing Will Anderson here over Tyree Wilson, he's more of a raw athlete, and in the NFL, you need to be quick and big. This guy's two, 6'4", uh, 250, and he he's one of the most athletic edge rushers we've seen uh, in the past, like, 10 drafts. Yeah, I mean, one thing I will say is there's, to me, there's two non-quarterback prospects that really stand out about the pack. Those are Jalen Carter and Will Anderson Jr. Will Anderson Jr. is a phenomenal player. I mean, we saw in college, he dominated. Will Anderson Jr. is a dog. Um, so is Jalen Carter. The one thing about Jalen Carter that holds him back for me is the character things. Obviously, he was uh, involved in a legal incident off the field. And so um, I think that is concerning if I'm an NFL franchise. I don't want to invest the third overall pick in a guy uh, for a guy who may not last because of his character. And that's why I think Will Anderson is such a good pick here. He's He's proven. He's an athlete. He can do it all. And the Cardinals are in such a unique position. They have such a high pick. They don't need a quarterback. They've got Kyler Murray. I think Will Anderson is a guy. Is maybe he's he won't be in his prime next year, but he's nearing it. And because Kyler is out most of next year, they might be bad. It'll work out perfectly with their current timeline. Yeah, don't want a redo of Henry Ruggs. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, for me, I don't think Will Anderson is the perfect pick here. I think there's better options on the board. Um, Tyree Wilson is more of a pure end. He's got more size. He's got uh, more weight to him. Will Anderson is listed as a linebacker. He will be an outside linebacker eventually in the NFL once he refines his body. He's 6'4", 243, and (laughs) eventually, I mean, he's going to drop his weight enough and become conditioned enough that, I mean, he'll put on some weight in the NFL, but people... Uh, kids usually put on more weight in college than they do in the NFL. So I don't see him taking a huge jump in his weight. He's an outside linebacker right now from a size perspective. He has the um, talent to be an outside linebacker. But I think if you're the Cardinals here, you need an end or someone inside. And Tyree Wilson has no size issues. And Jalen Carter definitely has no size issues. He's 6'3", 300, and squats 600 pounds. He does not have the size issues and the, the heaviness issues that Will Anderson does. Alex, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, Will Anderson, I don't see the general size issues with Will Anderson. I think he's big enough, per se. For an edge, he's got the athleticism, no question about it. He's a 
he was tearing it up in the SEC, the most competitive con- uh, conference in college football. So I don't, I see it translating to the NFL fairly well. Um, but I, I don't know. I think Jalen Carter, he is huge. Um, no question about it. Big guy. He'll be on the defensive line though. And so I think uh, it really depends on what you feel like you need more if you're the Cardinals. If you're the Cardinals and you think you need defensive line, go defensive line. If you think you need an edge, go with an edge. But um, it's if the only way that pick goes wrong is if the concerns of Jalen Carter's off-the-field issues come true. But if he ends up being fine on the field, I don't see a way you go wrong with either guy. Um, I think now's a good time to transition to the fourth pick. How's that sound? Yup. So, with the fourth pick in our Beta VA mock draft, we have the Indianapolis Colts selecting C.J. Stroud, quarterback out of OSU. Um, for me, I think this is a great pick. I think it's a really good pairing. The Colts have pieces. They have the offensive line. They have the running backs. They have, um, you know, playmakers at tight end and wide receiver. They're an old-fashioned team. They rely on precision passing and not overly dominant talent. Um, they've always wanted a quarterback. Like, I mean, Matt Ryan, uh, Carson Wentz, guys like that that can, you know, have accuracy, don't have overwhelming talent, aren't overwhelming playmakers. And CJ, and CJ Stroud, in my opinion, fits that role perfectly. The Colts have a good defense. Stroud will be able to hand the ball off and use his elite accuracy and arm angles to really, um, you know, get the ball to those tight ends, beat def- beat teams over the top with his arm strength. He'll be he'll be a really polished passer in year one, and this is a great rebound for the Colts. It won't be a rebuild at all. I think, in my opinion, it will help them get right back to playoff contention and fast. Yeah, I think the thing with. Uh Will Levis, C.J. Stroud, I think they could switch off. Um, you know, Alex made the hot take that Will Levis, second pick. But uh, if Will Levis does fall, uh, I think the Colts are going to snag him. He's he's a guy like Andrew Luck, big arm, not very mobile. You know, that white, like, that white consistent quarterback that you want in the NFL um, that these teams uh, know can give them solid production. Uh, for a while but this guy is raw that's the only thing about him he did not play great in college uh, wasn't making great reads didn't see the field well but this guy's got talent this guy's got an arm and I think uh, if the Colts do a good job with him they could develop him into a very good quarterback yeah I mean from you you mentioned some concerns about CJ Stroud in college for me all those concerns ended when he played Georgia in the college football play, uh, are, were you talking about Will Levis there? Yeah, I was talking yeah, about Will, Will Levis. Levis has more college concerns, but if you agree, look at C.J. Stroud, he had no issues in college. He tore up the Georgia, the number one ranked Georgia defense in the college football playoff, made all sorts of plays. He's thrown to great wide receivers, and he knows how to develop chemistry. So I think he's the best pick over Levis, who I just don't see being productive enough in the NFL. Yeah, so me and Jeevan got... Yeah. We have Levis going... Er, not Levis. We have Stroud going We have going Stroud second. over Levis there, yeah. yeah. I, I think, in my opinion, Stroud... I have Stroud as the better quarterback over Levis. I That's not who I think will get picked. Um, either way. Either way, C.J. Stroud, phenomenal player. If he falls to four and the Colts let him get past, that is one of the biggest mistakes I think the NFL will have ever seen. Um, he's such a good player, 
and to get him at fourth overall, not having to trade up, it would be a steal. Columbus, Ohio, where he played uh, college football, it's only three hours away from Indianapolis. It's basically home. Um, so I think he'll fit right in. He'll get to know the guys. They've got good weapons there in Indianapolis already with guys like Michael Pittman, Ju- Michael Pittman Jr. And so I think he'll fit in well, and that'll be a good fit if he falls. Um, so now let's move on to the fifth overall pick where I mocked this Seattle Seahawks to select Tyree Wilson, an edge out of Texas A&M. Um, I like Tyree Wilson here because he fits Seattle's needs. Their defensive line is not the best, per se. They need, they could use a little touch-up there. And I think, really, uh, Tyree Wilson's the guy. He was a dog at a and I, I know I'm calling a lot of guys dogs to the show, but he really was. He played phenomenal. He has the tools. He's got the athleticism. And he really made it work in college. Stood out. Um, he's also got size for a guy on the edge. So I think he'd fit perfect in Seattle with Pete Carroll. Yeah, the only thing about this pick is you were talking about Jalen Carter, Will Anderson, top two raw talent guys. Mm-hmm. I think this could for sure go with Jalen Carter here. Um, obviously, that's not that's not what the Bears want. But um, if the Seahawks like are just looking pure talent, uh, I think a guy like Jalen Carter goes over him. But I think Tyree Wilson is a fair pick here. I mean, he's huge. He's going to bully uh, offensive tackles. and um, But Jalen Carter, uh, he's definitely more of a guarantee um, to be good. I, I, I agree there. J- Jalen Carter's pure football play. On the football field, I have no question Jalen Carter's a better player. I think off the field, there is also no question Jalen Carter is, in fact, the worst off-the-field player. Um, so I think if Jalen Carter can hone in on football, as I've been saying all along, he's going to turn out to be one of, if not the best, defensive player out of this draft class. But it's it's a big if there. It's a big if. Yeah, I mean, looking at Tyree Wilson, he, he's got the size 6'6", 275. He doesn't have the concerns Will, that, I, that I have for Will Anderson. He's definitely a defensive end and a big end, and he will be a run blocker. He had 61 tackles in 2022. 36 solo tackles, 14 tackles for loss, and seven sacks. That's not great, um, like, pass rushing production, but it's really, really good run stuffing production. I think he'll be a really consistent end for a long time if he gets picked by the Seahawks. Um, Carter might be the more flashy player, 300 pounds up the middle, a run stuffer as well, although he is just humongous. Um, But I think... Tyree Wilson's probably the safer pick given Carter's off the field issues. Um, yeah, I mean that that's the best way to put it. Uh Tyree Wilson is the safe pick, but his his uh ceiling is definitely lower there. Yes. Yeah, I think one thing we have to like at least take a look at is what what is the Seahawks quarterback situation? You know, Geno Smith coming off a okay year didn't do well in the playoffs barely made the playoffs uh got off to a really hot start and kind of fell off at the end of the season what are they going to do with their quarterback if i'm seattle i'm i'm not looking quarterback this draft i think i've got gino i've got gino for this year for sure i'm if i'm gino smith i'm making 52 million i believe this year 
the contract is very front-loaded. So they know this year they've got Geno Smith. And when it comes to the future, maybe they develop a guy behind him. Um, and I do see what you're saying. Maybe you could go quarterback here. Right now we have Anthony Richardson still left on the board, and that would be a very interesting route for Seattle to go. Yeah, I mean, thinking about this here, you you have some teams that are clearly on the rise. Um, you can think the Giants. Uh, you can think the Bears coming out of it, their tank. You have some cl- teams that are clearly tanking. Um, you know, lots of examples of that. Like Cardinals. the Texans have, yeah. But Seattle just floats in the wind. I mean, they're not doing anything good. They're not doing anything bad. They've got an okay quarterback. They've got an okay team. They might make the playoffs. They're not going to do anything special, and they're not going to get any super, super high um, talented players from their draft picks. They're not going to get that first overall. So, you know, we'll see where they go from here, but they're not looking for a stud. They're looking to continue to float in the wind as they have been. Yeah, they, and they, and they might take that Lions approach. Just take the defensive player here, uh, wait some years, you know, see how Geno Smith pans out this year, and if he's still not putting you over the top, I think that's when you know it's it's time for the quarterback. I I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. All right, next pick number six. Um, I think the Lions they're missing piece right now on the defense has got to be cornerback uh and personally uh you could go with a guy like christian gonzalez or um devon Witherspoon. witherspoon but i think they do and um between these two guys devon witherspoon is definitely the better one and i also there is a possibility of trading this pick uh to to get the quarterback or not get the quarterback to trade down um but i think they do go with devon witherspoon here um they really need the cornerback to fill the hole yeah um you speak of trades i cooked a little something up a little earlier i have the detroit lions trading away the sixth overall pick to the tennessee titans in detroit will receive the 11th overall pick this year from the titans the 72nd overall pick in the third round uh, from the Titans, a 2024 first-round pick from the Titans, and a 2025 fifth in exchange for uh, the sixth overall pick this year and a 2025 fourth-round pick from the Titans. Um, the reason I got this, Detroit, they're a pretty, pretty sound team, but I think next, next year they're going to be going pretty hard. The year after that, they're also going to be going pretty hard. But uh, they don't need a sixth overall guy right here. Um, they do need cornerback. I have them later taking a quarterback at the 11th. We'll, we'll get there eventually. But uh, they don't need a top-tier cornerback. They, they have a very strong team right now. They just picked up um, C.J. Gardner-Johnson in the offseason via free agency. I think their secondary is looking really good. And to pick that high for secondary after getting such a good player in the offseason seems like a little bit of a stretch to me, no? I mean, yeah, sounds like a stretch to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so with that pick, after uh, the Titans trade up, I have them selecting Anthony Richardson, quarterback out of Florida, who is a athletic demon uh, on the field. Um, and I've got I, – I think he could pan out there. They still have Ryan Tannehill under contract, but not for too much longer, and he's kind of falling out of his prime. So with uh, – Ryan Tannehill fading out. Malik Willis did not really show out that much last year. 
he's not I don't think he's going to be anything in the league. So Anthony uh Anthony Richardson will come in, take over after Tannehill after maybe a year or two and um he'll be the next guy in Tennessee. Yeah, I mean quarterbacks back to back years. Sam, you seem to have something to say about that. I don't like it. I'll explain that later. Yeah, so the the interesting thing with a lot of these top teams is they don't have their quarterback. Uh, a lot of the teams who have later picks in the draft, they know who they're sticking with in the future. But here you have the Detroit Lions. Uh, you you talked about Richardson. I think the Lions could go Richardson here too. You develop him behind a guy like Jared Goff, who's getting older, uh, but he did have a solid year last year. Uh, you take that Mahomes approach when they drafted him beh- behind, I think it was Alex Smith. Alex Smith, yeah. Um, so the thing about that, Jared Goff, he's only 28 years old, and that that's by no means young, but I think it would be pretty early to move on from a 28-year-old. I mean, he he's definitely past his prime, but he was pretty good last year, and I think people in Detroit, the front office, the fans, would not like to see uh, – uh, What's his name? Jared Goff go. I mean, look, Detroit has been so bad for so long that I think at this point what they need is to start moving towards a title and fast. They need to start moving the needle forward. They've done that in the last couple of years. But Goff, you know, he's 28. He acts like he's 35. He plays like he's, you know, Big Ben a couple of years ago. Jeez. Yeah, yeah I, to be honest, I literally thought he was 35. Yeah, Jeez. I mean. He was drafted in 2016. Yeah, and he was the first overall draft pick, and he had his time, and now his prime has passed, and he acts like a grandpa. Yeah, in my opinion, Jared Goff is old. He's done. The people of Detroit want a title. They want production now, and they're going to get it if they go after a quarterback, a stud like Richardson that will just fire up the crowd, bring people to the stadium, keep fans into it, and just prepare Detroit for the future down the road there. Alex, what do you think? I mean, I've already said it. I think Goff's the guy. I think he. We we have more years of Derek Trough in uh, Jared Goff in Detroit. Um. <laughs> okay, so let's move on to the seventh pick now. With our seventh pick, we have the Las Vegas Raiders selecting Devon Witherspoon, cornerback out of out of the University of Illinois. Intriguing prospect because he's not from a big name institution, yeah. but yeah. he had plenty of production as a quarterback. I mean, as a cornerback. In the Big Ten. Sam, what do you think? And, th- and that's if my mock draft isn't right, where right. Witherspoon is going to the Lions. Nah. The Raiders also had the opportunity to take Richardson. If he falls that far, I think it would be a great pick to take Richardson. You know, vertical jump record, extremely athletic quarterback. We've talked about that. That's an option. Also, Christian Gonzalez is a cornerback out of Oregon. Um, both of these cornerbacks, can, I, I mean, People have them going 7th, 8th, ninth, in exchangeable order. They're both very good. It's just a, it's just personal preference. Witherspoon has, the more in, has more interceptions in production, but Gonzalez probably has some more athleticism. What do you think about that? Okay, first thing I'd like to say is I loved Sam's ad-libs for a second. He's going to be like, uh-huh, okay. Um, like some Migos-type stuff. Anyway, um, Devon Witherspoon, I think, is a very good cornerback. He's my top cornerback on my board, and I think he would fit perfect in Las Vegas. Or or the Lions. In Las Vegas. <laughs> so I think he'd fit good. You know, totally unrelated. The Raiders are getting the A's in a few years. But I think uh, Las Vegas is slowly becoming a sports city. I think he'll fit great in there. 
Um, and he's going to fit in good in the system. They don't have much secondary in uh, Vegas right now, and he'll be a good cornerstone to build off of. One thing I uh, took a little offense to, Jeevan, you said uh, University of Illinois is a quote-unquote small institution, and I'd have to say I disagree. Oh, um, there is some good football there. Notre Last Dame. year they were 8-4. and four. Guys, he's a Notre Dame fan. That is true. That's true. That's true. That's true. Um, we got we got a little, little bias um, in the building, but um, excuse that. Uh, I I got Devin Witherspoon or Devon Witherspoon over Christian Gonzalez. Um, Sam, you got some chatter. Yeah, I completely disagree with you guys. The Raiders need offensive line, and Peter Skaronski is the guy right here. No. Yes. Uh, if keep the, on, keep on, keep Devon on. Witherspoon is going to be taking the pick before, like I've said a million times, uh, and Skaronski. Um, feels like he should go to the Patriots, but the Patriots don't have a high enough pick to take him. Um, he's he's a guy who's going to be good right away for you. Uh, he'll give the Raiders a good uh, protected O-line behind. Who is it now? Is it Jimmy? Jimmy G? Jimmy G, baby. Oh, Jimmy G. Uh, maybe he'll be a little better behind Peter Skransky than he was last year. Um, but I don't think you go with Witherspoon or... Or not Witherspoon. I have Witherspoon going the pick before. I don't think you go with Gonzalez here. Um, I think you go with O-line, Skaransky, uh, best raw talent. Not raw talent. Best. Uh, he's going to be the best coming into the league. Uh, we've we've seen him at Northwestern. Uh, he's a really solid blocker. The one thing I, I have to say about that is Skaransky, he is not big enough to play on the, uh, the tackle position on the offensive line. His arms are too short. We saw it in college a lot. Guys were getting to his chest too fast, and it, it showed. I think he could be an amazing guard, an amazing guard, but it's going to be tough for him to play on the yeah. Uh, tackle. Yeah, move him to guard. Yeah, you could move him to guard. Move him to guard. Who I cares? That, move him to guard. I think that's too high of a pick for a guard. You don't draft guards in guard, the first round. Yeah, well, you can draft the a only guard, in guard the first round. The only guard drafted in the top 10 in the last seven years. Uh, Notre Dame bias incoming. And he's yeah, yeah, one yeah, of the yeah. greatest guards of all time. You don't draft guards anywhere in the first well, round I, I ever. Don't, I, don't, I think Skaronski's an outlier. This guy... He's from Northwestern. He's not Jesus. Come uh, on. Notre I, Dame bias. Notre Dame bias. Again, Notre Dame bias. Notre like, Dame this bias. kid thinks everyone in the Big Ten is terrible because he's his... He's from Northwestern. They, he spends more time studying than he does playing We football. are an unaffiliated football school, so we're, in fact, superior because of that. Yeah, we have never won a national championship or gotten even close, so we're better than everyone. We've missed the college football playoffs for many years in a row, but we're still the best football school in the nation <laughs> we just beat you up there i'm sorry are you talking about Notre Dame? because like 13 national titles and 13 national titles when i was playing against plumbers <laughs> back in 1926 back in 1927 me and the boys won the national title for the university of Notre Dame in south bend indiana i think <laughs> I think we're getting slightly off track here. No, yeah. no, this yeah. is important. Let's, but you're right. Right. You're right Let's get back to the eighth pick. Yeah. With the with the eighth pick, I have in my mock draft the Atlanta Falcons out of Atlanta, Georgia, selecting Christian Gonzalez, right. cornerback from the University of Oregon. Yeah, for me, I like Christian Gonzalez. I think he's a long, fluid athlete. Going here to his stats, you can see Christian Gonzalez is... A dog. 6'2", 200. He's long for a cornerback. He was able to have four interceptions last year, 50 tackles, more production than Witherspoon. Um, he only gave up... Uh, 
let me see here. He did not give up many yards. Not get he did not give up many yards. He was a good, solid cornerback. He does not have, you know, amazing athleticism. Um, but I think he's probably a a really good option at this number eight spot. Yeah, Jimin, I, I will say he's a very good option at the number eight spot. Christian Gonzalez, looking at his film, he has the fastest hips I've ever seen. And don't take that out of context. But like, What do you mean by that? What do I mean by that? I, I mean, when he is dropping back into coverage, juke one way, he flips his hips super fast. He's able to catch up with guys after they make a move on him, and that's a valuable skill in the NFL. Yeah, um, I think he's he's a very aggressive corner, too. He'll yes. come up and make a play on you. And he's fast. Yeah, you. I mean, this guy's like a linebacker slash cornerback. Uh, you could plug this guy in at outside linebacker, and he'll make a couple plays for you. He can get off those blocks, uh, helps with your run defense, really good contain on the outside. Uh, no sweeps are going to get around him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, all around great corner. I think he'll be good in the good in the NFL for a long time. I don't think he's a sauce gardener. I don't think he's a Jalen Ramsey. But I think he's a great pick at number eight overall here. Yeah, I mean, Let's, uh, one last thing I'd like to add. According to PFF, just just to set myself straight, Christian Gonzalez, with his combination of size, twitch, and smooth hips, makes it look like he's playing on easy mode. He rarely gets left in the dust. Uh, just to show that it is true, he does have very good football hips. Yeah, he'll still get cooked by Jay Jettis, though. Um, um, different division, different division, different yeah. division. Okay, let's move on to number nine, the Bear, the, the Bears. Bears. The Bears, um, the Bears, the Bears. The pick you've all been waiting for. Yeah, you Chicago fans, stupid people. Um, We got, if Jalen Carter does not go five, and instead, um, I think, who do we have five? We had Tyree Wilson. Wilson, Yeah, if Tyree Wilson goes five to the Seahawks, uh, I think the Bears are going to be so lucky at nine to get Jalen Carter. Like Alex said at the start of the podcast again, um... Jalen Carter, he's a, one of the best uh, raw talent we've seen in a while. This guy can get off blocks. He's going to be a wall at the defensive line. And if if their new linebackers, Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards, can play behind Jalen Carter, this defense, this run defense especially, is going to be unstoppable. Uh, and I say run defense, but this will help out the pass defense too. They're going to stop the run, and guys like Jaquan Brisker, and the corner, I'm not a Bears Cornerback fan. on Bears? Yeah. Jalen Johnson? Yeah, Jalen Johnson. Guys like Jalen Johnson and um, uh, Jaquan Brisker are going to be able to lock up when you got you got two really good linebackers, TJ Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds, behind a guy like Jalen Carter. And first thing is, we can't be disrespecting Jack Sanborn here. Um, anyway, Jack Sanborn, the linebacker three on the Bears right now. But besides that. It's terrible. Jeez, that's kind of harsh. That's kind of mean. I mean, what if yeah. you were Jack Sanborn? Anyway, um, Jalen Carter, he does have character concerns. Um, off the field, he's not very sound. I'm not going to lie to you. His, I, I'd like to say the off the field tape, but that makes no sense. He's just not, he doesn't have a very good track record uh, amongst his actions off the field. And I think it'll show. He's going to be losing multiple millions of dollars, dropping from nine to, dropping to nine from where many people said he could have gone number one overall. Um, before the incidents. Um, but I'd like to say if he did fall the Bears at nine, there are reports that there is no chance he'd fall past nine. So I, I think if he falls, it's an amazing pick. Yeah, it would be a great pick at nine. 
looking to the future for the Bears, having Jalen Carter um, and having those linebackers in the front seven, you're going to see an unstoppable force um, from that front seven like the Eagles had last year. The Bears are trying to replicate some of that success where your defense is built through your front seven and your back guys are only there to kind of hold, hold up, right? Hold up until they can get to the quarterback, hold up until you know, you're shutting that offense down and you're forcing them into third and longs and et cetera and et cetera. So I think the Bears are going to capitalize on this opportunity. They will not let Carter fall any farther, um, regardless of what he does off the field. You have to trust the man. He's 23 years old. He's gone to college for four years uh, in Georgia. I mean, y- you have to – if you can't trust him to stay out of, like, prison <laughs> – there's there's no way he should be in the NFL, and there's no way he should he should ever fall past nine in this draft, in my opinion. That's funny you bring that up. There there have been guys in the past with big character big character concerns. There's been Lerman Tunsil uh, a few years ago. I remember vividly Micah Parsons. Now uh, I believe he's an edge for the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Won Rookie of the Year. Yeah, he did win Rookie of the Year, and he was thought of to have many character concerns out of college. It, a lot of it. A lot of it changed. I think these teams, if it's a competent organization, basically if you're not the commanders of Houston Texans, um, you can whip a guy into shape if you need to. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think it's true. Um, so I say we, we move on to our 10th overall pick. What do you say, Gina? Yeah, I mean, with our 10th overall pick here, we've got the Philadelphia Eagles. This is one that's going to take some debating over. Alex has them taking... Peter Skaronsky at number yeah, 10. What? Dude, the best O-line in the league, and we, you're going to take Peter Skaronsky? They are actually not, him. in fact, the best offensive lineman, er, offensive line in the league. <laughs> yeah, we, we've talked about him maybe going to the Raiders at 7th. We've talked about his size, his length concerns in the NFL. He was a very good college offensive lineman, but that doesn't mean that he will translate to the NFL. In the NFL, what matters is athleticism, size, and the ability to put on weight. Peter Skronsky has put on too much weight. Hog. He has more weight than he can handle. Right. He does not have the potential to put on more, whereas you see other guys coming in at 6'8", they can put on more weight. So he's not the type of offensive line um, prospect that I think should be going this early, and to be honest, I don't think the Eagles need that. Uh, Sam, can you talk about that? Yeah, I mean, the Eagles' needs right now is at the top of the list. If they want to win the Super Bowl, they're going to need a better secondary. Uh, they lost James Bradbury and C.J. Gardner-Johnson in free agency. They really need a safety to fill that hole. Um, you know, they still have Darius Slay at cornerback, but you're going to need more guys. And I think what helped the Eagles defense dominate was C.J. C- Gardner-Johnson at safety. He was flying around. I think the Eagles uh, the Eagles might have led the league in interceptions. And C.J. Gardner-Johnson at one point was leading the league in interceptions. Um, and I feel like if they have that safety again, uh, a guy like Brian Branch, who is the, one of the top-ranked safeties um, out of Alabama, if you have that guy like Brian Branch, he's going to bring a lot to this defense. And if you want to win a Super Bowl right now, uh, I think Brian Branch is your guy. Yeah, I mean, the Eagles went to the Super Bowl but have a ridiculously high pick here at 10. They have a lot of options. They can go a lot of ways. They want to go back 
um, to where they were, and they want to go win a title now. They just paid Jalen Hurts a boatload of money. They don't have all the capital in the world, um, and I think they need that safety. You have Brian Branch, um, but but their their depth at the safety position is bad. Brian Branch is someone you can bring in. He can fill it up. He played for five years at Alabama. He was a very good safety. He came in the uh, he was more of an alley player, meaning he uh, worked downhill against the run a lot, um, which is going to be valuable for the Eagles losing those linebackers, right? So I think he's really going to help, and I think he's a really good pick, especially since you might not need to pay him as much as some other guys. Alex, what do you think about this 10th pick? Yeah, I mean, I've said before, I said it again. I, I, I like Skaransky. Um, You can say what you That's like. That's just... You can say what you like. It's just dumb. Like. It's just dumb. Call me Stephen A. Smith, but... Um, Stephen A. Smith, sorry. But uh, Skaransky, he's going to fit well in a year. Uh, I think the Eagles front office, if they like Skaransky, he fits perfectly in the long run. you got to think about it. On the short-term uh, aggregate supply curve, there's a lot of uh, <laughs> there's a lot of offensive line depth right now. That made no sense. But um, yeah. there's a lot of offensive alignment pra- uh, prospects in this draft. <laughs> so um, I, I think they, it's time to scoop one up. If I'm the Eagles. Yeah. All right. Now let's move on to number 11. 11. Okay. So I'm I'm announcing the 11th overall pick. And because I had Detroit draining down to 11 with the Titans, I'm Detroit here. And so if I'm Detroit, I have Detroit selecting Joey Porter Jr., cornerback out of Penn State University. Um, and I think Joey Porter Jr. will fit well. Detroit needs a cornerback. They're getting a cornerback. Um, and they get that extra first-round pick a year from now from Tennessee when they went up to get their quarterback. I, I think it works well. I think it works well. Yeah, the the only thing about your trade that I really don't get is if the Lions – if you said the Lions aren't going to take a quarterback, why would the Titans give up their first from next year to go up and get that quarterback when you have four teams after them who aren't even considering quarterback? Because there's other teams that will want to trade up with the Lions. Okay, but who who are those teams? Vegas, Atlanta, v- Vegas. I they just G signed Jimmy G. I see what you're saying. Jimmy G is not a permanent option. I I mean, the Raiders could take a quarterback, but I don't. I think it's a risk you you're gonna have to take. I think the Titans can get someone at eleven if they really want someone. Um, but if Richardson falls to six, I see him falling even further to eleven. To be honest, but if Detroit does trade down. Joey, Joey Porter Jr. is a solid option as a cornerback out of Penn State. He was a good player for a long time in college, and he will transition to the NFL very well. Um, so that's a great pick at cornerback if you're Detroit. However, you've got you've got Jeff Okuda, right? You've got players in that cornerback Overrated. room. Overrated. Jeff Okuda is actually an Atlanta Falcon. Oh, he's not even on the team. What? what? Yeah, he got traded for a fifth-round pick. Okay. Yeah, fifth Jeff round. Akuda that shows how out. bad he was. Jeff Akuda was drafted second or third overall fourth. and did not pan uh, fourth overall a couple years ago, did not pan out. So Detroit, you try that again, I guess, is the route you take drafting another cornerback. The other things you could do, you could um, provide some offensive line depth. Paris Johnson, Broderick Jones still on the board. Um, you could go get a wide receiver. You could go get a tight end. 
There are other players on the board. But this is the point in the draft right here, and these are the teams in the draft that are already good enough. Detroit is already a borderline playoff team. They're not looking for a quarterback of the future at this minute, I don't think. If they trade down, it will be to solidify the rest of their team, and I think Joey Porter is a great way to do that here at the 11th pick. Yeah, Lions definitely getting cornerback wherever they are. Yeah, I I agree. Um, The one thing I see here for Detroit going cornerback, it's like if I'm an old person who doesn't know how to work their computer, I unplug it and put it back and plug it back in, right? That's what you do. Um, And so it's the same with their cornerback situation. They're unplugging Jeff Okuda, and they're plugging back in Joey Porter Jr. But but Jeff Okuda was never a plug. Their secondary was terrible. No, that was the point. It, Jeff Okuda was the first time of trying to turn it on. It's like he was he was trying to spark the offense. They they invested a high pick in Jeff Okuda. Didn't pan out. So you just got to try again. And I think Joey Porter Jr. is the guy to try it again with. Um, I also I also think I forget who said this. Um, someone had mentioned Anthony Richardson potentially falling to eleven, and I don't know how that's possible, but. Um, just because the Raiders would probably take Richardson because he would be a long-term solution versus Jimmy G, who's on a three-year deal, would be a fairly short-term solution. The Falcons right now have Desmond Ritter as their starting quarterback. Um, and then, let's see, there's a lot of teams that need a quarterback. Also, fairly uncertain is the Jets with uh, Aaron Rodgers. That situation is coming up. We'll talk about that. Um, but I, I think that's that's enough said about that 11th pick, wouldn't you say, guys? Yeah. Um, let's move on to the 12th, Sam. Sam? Uh, so, number 12. Um, if Anthony Richardson is taken before this, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which Alex seems like that's not a possibility. I think we guarantee that he will not fall um, all the way to 12. If he falls to 12, I'll buy you a horse. Why would Dang. I want a horse? <laughs> I don't know. That was just the first uh, thing I thought of. Okay. Deal? Um, number 12. Deal. Number 12. Let's move on. Number 12. Great. Um, Houston. One of their top needs has always been receiver uh, since they got rid of DeAndre Hopkins. Mm-hmm. And I think the best receiver on the board, uh, it could be Quentin Johnson. A lot of people were high on him. He was uh, projected to go top 10 a while ago. Mm-hmm. He's fallen a little bit. Uh, Zay Flowers, too. Zay Flowers. Yeah, Zay Flowers. Um, but... Also, Zay, the thing about Zay Flowers, he's playing in the ACC. Not a lot of good competition. You don't really know where he's going. Um, so I think the the safest option here is to take Jackson Smith and Jigba with the 12th pick. Um, this guy's going to give you solid production. Uh, his 40 time th- is the only con- concerning part. Uh, but this guy, he's an athlete. Uh, it may not show in speed, but he's agile. He's quick. He's He's a great route runner. And he's going to get open for you. Uh, but, the, again, the only question is speed. And if he's going to be able to burn over the top or he's just going to be one of those uh, Michael Thomas slant boy kind of receivers. Really quickly, i just like to say, you say that uh, Jackson Smith's Nick Jigba's 40 time is pretty slow, and I totally agree. It's not the best compared to men, much of the field. But I think he could fill a Keenan Allen-type role in the league because he he's so fundamentally sound. Yeah, like like I said, Michael Thomas kind of guy. Keen Allen, Michael Thomas, similar players, similar players. And I, I, I couldn't agree more. Very good analysis. Solid take. Yeah, I mean slot slot receiver in college, the issue might be size. Um if you look at him, I don't 
have it in front of me. Let me try to find it. He's 6'1", 200. He doesn't have overwhelming size. He's already 200 pounds. He's not going to be able to put on more weight. Um, but I think he's agile enough to be really, really dangerous. You saw that in 2021. He had one of the greatest seasons and one of the greatest games, I think, I've ever seen out of a wide receiver. Um, he had 95 receptions for 1,606 yards. He, I mean, he was tearing up. He had nine touchdowns, three of which came in one game against Utah. Actually, I think four of which came in one bowl game against Utah where he had basically 300 yards and four touchdowns. Yeah, he can really when when he is on, it's very obvious, and he is able to cook. And he had a really really good connection with C.J. Stroud. We'll see if he's able to develop that in the NFL. But he's that slant. He's that slant guy. He's over the middle. He can run. He can outrun people. And he, I mean, he's agile enough to be really dangerous. Yeah, and you talk about that connection with Stroud. Wouldn't it be cool to see the Texans with number two take Stroud and then number twelve take taking Jigba? Except when they take Will Levis. Yeah, not happening. <laughs> you see, yeah. this is why we find that so stupid. I, 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 I there's think no way you take Will Levis when and you then can take, take a Jigba. Si- yeah, you, you can How you can get no two How guys no with great chemistry. Be- because Alex, if you're gonna take Jigba, hmm. I see if you're taking a different receiver at twelve. If you're gonna take Jigba, why not pair him up with Stroud? How do you know Jigba is gonna fall to twelve? Well, I, we're say, well, this is all hypothetical. In your mock draft, mm-hmm. you have him going 12. Because we don't see I have a him. need for wide receiver above 12. Well, if, if, if uh, Jalen Carter were to go before the Bears, I could very easily see the Bears going in Jigba. I mean, after getting DJ Moore, Chase DJ Claypool, Moore, DJ Moore well, is a Darnell similar, Mooney. Darnell DJ Mooney Moore has a very similar body type to Jigba inside. Uh, Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool, Chase Claypool are both... Uh, on one-year deals at the moment. So after this year, it's just going to be DJ Moore. That's where I see the fit. Is How do you not see them bringing them back? How do I not see them? I, I mean, they could very well bring him back, but Mooney's in for money. Um, Chase Claypool, depending on how he plays, he's probably in for some money. But um, it's a refresh. It gets you a young receiver on cheap bucks. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Let's move on to this 13th okay. overall okay. pick. The New York okay. Jets are a very intriguing team. At 13th oh, yeah. overall, at 13th overall, we have them taking Broderick Jones, an offensive tackle out of Georgia. Um, this is an interesting pick. Many offensive tackles in this draft. There's Skronsky, not too high on him. Broderick Jones is a very steady guy. He'd be a good pick at 14, or I mean at 13 there. Um, some tackles are going to go in this mid section of the of the first round, and the Jets need a tackle. So I l- really like it. Sam, what do you think? Yeah, I just, I mean, all these tackles, honestly, you really don't know where they're going. All these guys are raw talent. These guys are huge. Um, you know, they're going to be, they're going to have a lot of potential. It's just, it's just a matter of who's going to be pan out better in the NFL. Yeah, it's really hard to tell uh, from what we've seen in college. Uh, I say the four guys, um, you got Broderick Jones, Paris Johnson, Darnell Wright, and Matthew Bergeron. Uh, those are the four guys that you're going to be uh, looking at in the mid part of this draft, like you even said. I um, I think one big thing is you forgot Skaronsky. Um, I don't. Well, I'm talking about mid tier. I I think Skaronsky could go top ten. I I have Skaronsky and Paris Johnson in very similar company. I think they are almost, well, no. I, I think 
Skronsky is a guard. Skronsky is a guard in the NFL. Paris Johnson is a tackle in the NFL. Um, if I'm a team picking high, I, I just can't go guard that high. He's this is not a once-in-a-lifetime guard. Um, Paris Johnson, on the other hand, is my top tackle. Him, Broderick Jones, Darnell Wright are very, very interchangeable for me. Um, yeah. Uh, one big thing we did forget to mention, though, is um, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers' situation with the Jets. That is a huge thing. Um, Aaron Rodgers and the Jets, he is not yet a uh, New York Jet, and that trade has not been processed. He could go to the team. Any any thoughts on that, guys? Yeah, I think it's, it's going to be interesting to see what the Jets are going to do. Personally, for the future, I don't know if this is a good move for the Jets giving up all that value, all that money that they could be using on other guys, on a pretty old guy who's going to be good for one, maybe one year with Garrett Wilson. It would be really fun to watch, but uh, for the Jets organization, uh, I'm sure it would bring life to the fans. Uh, they haven't seen a lot of good action in the past 20 years, losing to the Patriots twice every year. Um, except not this year, but yeah, it's, it, it, it's a sad life to be a Jets fan. No, they lost twice. No, no, I'm saying like this upcoming year, they're not losing twice to the Patriots. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, all right, let's move on to... 14. 14. Number 14. Uh, that's that's me. That's me. Well, I, I got to say some stuff after all right, you go. All right, all right. I'll, I'll, I'll be Goodell for this one, or I'll be uh, whoever pays enough money to announce today. So, with the 14th overall pick in the from the Bay to the A Sports mock draft, the New England Patriots will select offensive tackle Paris Johnson out of Ohio State University. Yep. I see, I, I see a tackle here. It's got to be a tackle. Uh, personally, as a fan, obviously, I would like to see a receiver just because I want Mac Jones to have a, a solid receiver. Baby zappy um, season. Yeah, I wish. Um, but the tackles, uh, I mean, I feel like their O-line was so inconsistent last year. Um, they really need a tackle to fill out the line. Uh, I say you draft a tackle here. Uh, Riley Rafe, uh, another tackle, can kick inside and play guard. Um, and I think Bill Belichick, I mean, he's not – we've seen it time and time again. He's not a flashy guy. He's not the guy to take what the fans want. He's going to be very old school here take that big bully tackle um, and try to get this offense going next year because they were so bad last year. Yeah, I agree. I think Alex hit it on the hit the nail on the head with this one. First I time in a while, yeah. Yeah, first time in about 10 picks as I <laughs> for my count. But yeah, he got it right. The Patriots are going to take Paris Johnson. Well, I actually, would put money on that. I think we all agreed on Houston with Jets mixing the Jigba. I think we all like that, right? Yeah, except yeah. except the fact that you had Will Levis whoa, 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 going to we, we were saying We were saying how long until I made a most likely correct pick or like a sensical pick. I say that's a very sensical pick. Roger Jones, it I is. also think, is a good pick too. Yeah, th I mean, I think any tackle at 14, the Patriots, yeah. they're going to they're gonna take him. Any it's, it's just, it really just All depends right. on yeah. what Bill likes. I don't, I don't know how I feel about Matthew Bergeron there, but... Um, all right, let's quickly yeah. move on to pick number 15. Pick so number 15. You talk about that. 15. Personally, um, I'm going to sway away from Alex here. 
the Packers drafting a tight end this early? Alex has them taking Dalton Kincaid. Yeah, yeah uh, I do. He is I a, do not he's know. a tight end out of uh, University of Utah. I do um, not. And I, I think they would go him because uh, he's got that Utah connection with Jordan Love. Yeah, them. but I, I don't think that's not. That's just not going to work. Um, Dalton Kincaid, he's not the best tight end on the board. He's not what they need right shot. now. He is my top tight end. The 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 Packers, um, they really need a spark to their defense, and I think. Uh, you look at who are the best players on the board right now, and uh, Luke Van Ness and uh, Drew Sanders are still on our board. Two very solid um, linebackers slash edge rushers. And personally, if Drew Sanders falls this far, I think the Packers have to pounce on him. Uh, they lost two, They lost one of their best linebackers to the Vikings, and I think they have to fill that spot. Um, with a new guy right here, and Drew Drew Sanders is the pick. Um. Well, I mean, I think Luke Luke Van Ness or Drew Sanders would be great picks here. Van Ness is a demon coming out of Iowa. He he's a hard worker. I know that for sure, and he's gonna do a lot if he is given the opportunity to go this high to the Packers. I hate Kincaid here. Um. I've I've watched Michael Mayer play for four years. I know he's the noted him by end. By so much, by so much, Kincaid is very bad. Have you ever <laughs> seen Dalton Kincaid play a football game? Yes, I have watched plenty of Utah football. <laughs> oh, and of course, they play, of course. They of play course. a system that is based on personnel, and they run the ball a lot, and they pick and pull five-yard passes to Kincaid, which is why he has stats. And what they do get NFL him open in space, and they scheme him open they, in space. They, they're vertical threats. They don't. He I does mean, not, not have the athleticism and the power to block at the next level, and he does. He definitely does not have the athleticism and the hands to catch at the next level. And he is would be a horrible pick here at fifteen. Yeah, Alex, if you're thinking tight end here, I think you have to go with the playmaker. Uh, the only reason you take tight end, it's not they don't need a blocking tight end. He's not a blocking tight end. Or or a guy who's going to get open in the 15, 15 yards. They need a vertical threat like Kelsey. And I think Michael Mayer is more of a vertical threat than Dalton Kincaid. Um, and if you're going to take a tight end here, it's got to be a playmaker, a guy who can make plays for you, uh, a, a really good athlete. Um but personally, I don't even think they go tight end. Uh, I think they got to improve their defense if they're going to want to win behind Jordan Love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I can I justify the Dalton Kincaid pick really quick? I just want a quick little comparison to Michael Mara. 70 receptions last year for Dalton Kincaid, 67 for Michael Mara. Pretty similar. Um, 890 receiving yards versus 809. Dalton Kincaid had 890. Dalton Kincaid had one less receiving touchdown but he had 12.7 uh, yards per catch versus 12.1. The Kincaid is clearly the superior receiver, in my opinion. I mean, the Utah had Cameron Rising at quarterback. That's a solid quarterback. Our quarterback is 5'7". Notice how he says R. quarterback was 5'7", 150 pounds. I thought you said vertically challenged doesn't matter. He only tried to throw to Mayer. Mayer was getting triple covered, making one-handed grabs. He he was the leading receiver on the team by so much. He was doubled and tripled with safeties over the top, and he still found ways to produce and with no quarterback. Yeah. 
you didn't like, you don't watch the tape alex you again, don't know what you're talking again about. i don't know why we're arguing here uh i really do not think the packers take a tight end i think it's going to be van s yeah van s or like i said drew sanders um now let's move on to 16 um who are we thinking for the commanders um, I yep. believe this is this is We've my got, pick. No, it's me. That's you. Okay. We've got the Commanders taking Darnell Wright uh, on offensive tackle. Uh, I think it's, it it makes sense. So yeah. they need all lined up. He's the best remaining offensive tackle. Uh, good pick. Commanders prov- poverty franchise. We've talked about it before. But this would be the right pick. Yeah, yeah gotta be, be a right tackle. Either yeah. Darnell Wright or Matthew Bergeron. That's that's your two options here. I yeah. think that's all we got for the Commanders. I, why are you so high on Matthew Bergeron? Because he's he's a solid tackle. But I I That's feel like there are plenty of solid tackles. I in think this I, Alex, you can't I go think wrong with any of them all these field. guys are. Su- you can substitute one for another. I'm not saying Matthew Bergeron is going, uh, in the first round or going in the mid tier first round. I think right. any of these guys could go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just saying possibilities. I yeah. think it's either Darnell Wright or Matthew Bergeron. Uh, Dewan Jones maybe. Yeah, or even yeah. DeJuan Jones. All these guys. Yeah. There's a lot of tackles on the board that yeah. you could take here. Yeah. Let's move on to the 17th. 17th? Um, at 17, I have the Pittsburgh Steelers selecting Deontay Banks, a cornerback out of the University of Maryland. Um, I like this pick. I don't – I believe there is not much depth at the cornerback position out of Pittsburgh – and I think it, he'd fit in well. Um, he seemed pretty pro-ready in college, so he'll be able to slide right in there and um, get the job done in a Pittsburgh team that is kind of transitioning to being a solid, good team. Yeah, I think th- the one thing we're forgetting about Pittsburgh is their O-line is terrible. Uh, they really need a tackle right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I could see Deontay Banks uh, just... just um, if they if they still if there still is a solid tackle left on the board, yeah. uh, a guy like Paris Johnson, Broderick Jones, Darnell Wright, Matthew Bergeron, uh, Dewan Jones, I think I think you go one of these guys who are left. Um, yeah, yeah. I could see Anton Harrison here too. I, I know you're. There's a lot of good offensive tackle talent in this draft, yeah. no doubt. Um, Let's yeah. move on to 18 here. 18, yeah. So um, for 18, we actually have a trade going down. Um, we have Detroit receiving – Detroit trading down, right, Alex? Yes. Uh, From 18 to receive the 25th. The Giants receiving 18, tr- trading up to get Quentin Johnson out of TCU. Great playoff performance. Um, athletic kid. Um, deep ball threat at TCU. What do we think about this, Sam? Yeah, I think the the one thing about this trade, Alex, I know you you weren't really thinking when you made this mock draft, but two times trading down for the Lions to get, I mean, do they really need a third and a sixth? Yes. I mean, who are they taking there that they need? Like, I'm I'm thinking, you're thinking uh, cornerback, I'm assuming, right? No, I'm not even thinking cornerback. Like, what is a need? I'm thinking Bijan Robinson. That is too high for Bijan. That's too high for Bijan. And also, David Montgomery and uh, what's his name? Darnit, uh, the other running back in Detroit. I don't think it's too high. I think what's it's the name of the other of the other running back in Detroit? Swift? Yeah, DeAndre Swift. Swift is washed. Well, uh, David Montgomery and DeAndre Swift together, I think, is. 
it's hard to justify 18th overall going running back. Bijan is a special running back. There's no doubt about that. We haven't seen a running back go in the first like this since Saquon Barkley. I mean, and Saqu- Saquon was like top five. Yeah, Dude, Brees yeah. Hall went in the second. We haven't seen a running back in the first for some time. I don't think we're going to see it here. Yeah, especially not by Detroit, in my opinion. Giants trading up. That is definitely feasible for me. Um, with that 25th pick, I'm not sure what they are going to do with that. That has been a position I have seen them um, maybe take Michael Mayer at 25th, but trading up here, getting a wide receiver, plausible. They had no wide receivers. They were throwing to three wide receivers last year for much of their run. They need a wide receiver, and Johnston would do a very good job in New York. Sam, what do you think? Yeah, personally, I think if the Giants are going to get a receiver here, um, I think they wait for Zay Flowers Um I don't think they trade up for a guy like uh, uh, Quentin Johnston. I mean, there's still Jalen Hyatt and Zay Flowers on the board, uh, two very solid receivers, even Josh Downs from North Carolina. Um, I think you get guys, uh, they could get guys later who will give you just as good as production. The only thing I see, I could see about Quentin Johnston, though, is he's an ultra-deep threat. This guy is going to give you uh, the deep ball all day. Um, let me just—he's six three, two oh eight. Uh, but if you saw him in his TCU uniform, he looked like he was Megatron out there. I mean, this guy was huge. Um, he he was mossing people. The only thing about this guy is uh, speed is a little bit of a question, uh, as well as his um, route running. Yeah, I think, I think um, uh, weight is a question. He's 200 pounds at 6'3". He looked uh, like a string bean. He looked like Katie. I mean, when when I saw him playing in the playoff against a lot of Michigan's bulkier, you know, linebackers in the box, uh, you know, cornerbacks out wide, stuff like that. So, I mean, I think he needs to find ways to put on weight and maintain speed and agility and quickness. And I think that'll be a challenge for him at the next level. Yeah, w- one thing I'd like to bring up is we've seen success for the lankier guys in the NFL. You see guys like uh, Justin Jefferson, for example, he's a very lanky guy, but he's found success. Obviously, in my opinion, he's the best wide receiver in the NFL right now. Um, and you can do it at that frame. It's just, it's, it's an upward, uphill battle, it seems. Um, uh, we want to move on to the 19th pick? All right. Um, so the final pick that we're going to mock in this mock draft, uh, due to time, unfortunately, is going to be... Um, Let's see. At number 19, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we have selecting Lucas Van Ness, an edge slash defensive lineman out of the University of Iowa. I think it's a good fit, um, especially since the Buccaneers, they're kind of falling apart right now. I think at 19, you if you can get a guy like Van Ness to fall to you, it's a good building block to restart the core of this team. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I think the Buccaneers had a lot of age, especially on that front seven. They had a lot of vets. You know, Devin White... Yes. You think Nadamaku so Sue? Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of old guys, they need some youth. They need some talent. Van Ness has that, and he'll be good in, in Tampa Bay. I think it's a good pick. The the one thing I want to correct about your old guys, Devin White is 25. Um, He's old in spirit. 
<laughs> old in spirit. We'll he, go with he that. He looks old. Yeah, he he's got he does not have a baby. I, I think you mis m were mistaking him for guys like Shaquille Barrett. Yes, that's and what I meant. Levante David. Yes, that's what I meant. And Vita Vea. Yes, that's what I meant. No, Vita Vea is young. He's like twenty nine. No, twenty eight. A lot of a lot of guys. He's twenty eight. A lot of guys past their prime. I think Sue was better in other places. Vea was better in other places. I don't think Sue. Was, did Sue play for them last year? Uh, they do played for him, but then he cut him, or something happened. He's definitely played for them recently, but now I think he played most of last year in Philadelphia. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. Vita Vea, it's crazy how old he is. I, I feel like he's so young. He was drafted in 2018, but he's 28. Yeah, he came out of. He looks like a Hawaiian. I think he is Samoan or something. Yeah. All right. Let's let's get back on top. Yeah. Uh, on topic. Um, the only thing about Van Ness here. Uh, I think the to build this core, like you guys were saying, they could go O line. Um, you got a guy like uh, they already have. Um, they already have uh, some solid O line, but just at adding another piece to this core. Uh, you saw last year their run game was terrible. Um, they could not run the ball, and it really hurt Brady's confidence because he couldn't throw. Um, all the time you saw him attempting like 60 passes per game and that was all because the o-line just could not get a push uh their run game it wasn't even because of their running backs their run game just had absolutely no spark and i think that took away a lot from this offense which was expected to be one of the best in the league yeah um yeah i i couldn't agree more uh so that's gonna wrap it up for our mock draft segment today is the end of the from the bay of the a sports official mock draft thank you guys for listening that was truly a doozy of an episode we went through all the picks ahead of next thursday a week from today's uh nfl draft start where we'll we'll see if all of this comes to fruition i know the guys had some criticism of my picks uh we each had our own opinions but it's gonna be an interesting draft there's a lot of surprises it's definitely like all the drafts in the past not much is set in stone going into it um, so thank you guys for listening. Um, from Alex, uh, Jeevan. Yup. I mean, yeah. great show. Yeah. Sam. Peace. All right. Uh, thank you guys for listening and we will see you in the next episode of from the Bay of the A sports.